Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. With me today, I've got Dave Meyer from BusyWeb. Hey. So, Dave, welcome. Hey, thank you very much, Damon. Pleasure to be here with you on this beautiful spring day. Yes, yes, yes. We were just talking about before we got on, you're you're in the, the Minneapolis area and it's getting close to boating season. It's getting close. And with Minnesota, if you don't like the weather, just wait a second. So it was 78 a couple days ago. And then um, my daughter had her birthday party over the weekend and it snowed. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's uh, always something new and exciting around here. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, we were talking about it a little bit beforehand. You've got you've got uh, one of the infamous cabins in the great Minnesota Northland. Yeah, yep, in the North Woods. And we get up there. We've got a chain of fourteen lakes that we hang out on, and it's just tremendous. You know, you get to go up and you can explore. And the wireless is good enough that you can probably do some Zoom calls if you want to. Although it doesn't really get you a lot of. Um, goodwill when your people are sitting in their offices and you're floating and you see a jet ski going by. Or yeah. Something. Wow. Yeah. Definitely need the virtual background and the headphones. Yes. And yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much smarter that way. Yeah. You could be, be out there with a big, great uh, green screen behind you. Wouldn't that be hilarious. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it'd, be, it'd be so funny. That would be good. Well, you know, Dave, I was really excited to get you on because there's not many people that have been in digital marketing over 20 years. I mean, you yeah. just think, go back and you think about it. And that was really in the infancy of, of digital marketing, of internet marketing and, yeah. and, and in some regards, the internet. And, and sure. so let's go, let's go back there. What, whatever really got you started and said, listen, I want to, I want to mess with this internet stuff. I want to do digital. You know, what's fun is like way, way back, I think this was like 96 or 97, I was working for a state department. Um, and you know, as, as state departments go, we, we all kind of got our own roles. And I was tasked with building the website. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what to do with the website. I was classically trained journalist and marketer. And so they just told me, yeah, kid, whatever you want, uh, go ahead and make this thing happen. So I took some classes and that's how I got started. And then uh, did a couple of things in like internal communication back and forth. And then by 99, which is when BusyWeb started, I decided that I wanted to set out on my own a little bit and just do something. I, I had started a job with a large bank and uh, was, was doing the daily news. But I looked out over the sea of cubes that I was about to join and I had to do something to save my soul. So I created my own business. And this was the good old days when you could literally Google things before Google, but you could search for things. And I was looking for business and web, business, web, biz, biz, busy web, busy web, busyweb.com was available. And so I booked it and that's the name of the company. Wow. Cause I was going to ask about that. Cause that, you know, being in business that long, 
you yeah even even just getting your web domain in that age it's like you mm -hmm. you had a, a lot of choices that we just simply don't have today exactly and every it was the wild wild west I and mean, this was yeah. right in the days of you know pets.com was still out there and there was all this buzz and you know people were super excited about what the internet could do yeah but the internet was also still crazy slow and so yeah. you know it, it was you know i think the first thing that i did as as a big project for busy web i actually started a flash website remember those when you would yeah. hover over things and it would do goofy things and uh so you would hover your mouse over the different things across the main page of the or the main part of the page and then it would like do a drip a drip so it would go boop when you would click on it or whatever and this was my first foray into being careful what you hire and being very cautious about the kinds of people that you engage with because i found out as i was changing up something on the back end that the developer had put in a bunch of just nasty language into the code of the of the thing so i was like oh f this and blah 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 and that as he was drawing in the flash code and so i got in i got into it and was like what are you doing man and so we got in and i got him to clean it all out before the client got it of course the source files are never exposed to the outside world yeah but yeah. still if i had to run that through the client it would terrible oh yeah um, yeah it's <clears throat> having having an overall kind of strategy from the get-go was was very important to the formative years of busy web yeah no doubt no doubt so <laughs> i i'm sitting here just trying to just think of the enormity of the change that has happened i mean you mm -hmm. just go from even the introduction of google yeah. I mean, you were there before the introduction of Google mm -hmm. and when there was dial up internet and you were actually just making websites almost by programming yeah. in a text editor. Uh-huh. Well, we did a lot of that. And as a matter of fact, I, uh, went on a holiday and did my, did my very first and I think my last, um, cruise with, uh, I think it was Royal Caribbean at the time. Um, and went out and I just kind of did a travel log of it, right? So I just created a page because, hey, I got a website. I got website building software. And so I created the website and I just did my review of all the cool stuff that I saw on the trip. And it was just a Caribbean cruise, went around Cuba and came back mm -hmm. and posted a bunch of pictures and you know said, you know, it was great. The stateroom was cool and all this. And it was very pedestrian, right? It took me about an hour and a half to build the thing. Well, I forgot about it for like four years and I came back and I was the number one Google result for, for, uh, um, Royal Caribbean cruises. Like, Oh my God. And this is just me and my swim drunk sitting out there sipping a pina colada. Yeah. Oh my Lord. So I took it down after that. That's when I first got into the power of the internet. And, uh, yeah, it was always just kind of friends and, and pals. It was a busy web was a hobby for the first eight years mm -hmm. because I, I did still work at that big bank. But, uh, you know, it was it was so much fun to work with real businesses doing real things and to just get a chance to exercise my creative juices. And, you know, marketing is always the same. So there's always new hot things that come out. You know, there's you know, the next TikTok is coming down the pipe again. Right. So but the t the core tenets of what good marketing is will never change. You know, you serve your audience's needs. And I, I'm a speaker and trainer for Google. And so that's, that's one of the things that I normally get to travel the country. 
after COVID's all settled down again, I'll get up, get back out on the road again. But um, the entire essence of SEO is be as useful as possible to the people looking for your website before they know your company's name. Right. Mm -hmm. So what's the content that I would search for? Make sure your website has that content on it. So yeah. being useful and being helpful and getting them there is what it's about. Yeah. Well, we got Gail. Gail Robertson's actually hey, says hello. Gail. So, so hi, Gail. Just yeah. talked to her yesterday and a little bit today, working on uh -huh. some things. So good stuff, Gail. Glad to see you. And I was going to, I always forget to say, if you're listening, you got any questions, go ahead and drop them in the comments. I'm watching the comments on LinkedIn and Facebook and uh, let us know where you're listening from too. That's always nice to see. We get yeah. some, we get some good ones this time of day because we're we're in some interesting times around the world. Yes. So you go back here and you're talking about and that's one of the things that is really interesting when I look at your profile is that you I, I haven't heard of this before. The speaker, the girl with Google and then yeah. your get your business online program too. Mm -hmm. I would explain those things a little bit because I don't I, I, when you look at Google, the enormity of the company, there are so many things that they do that you never hear about. Right. And this is just for me, another couple of them. So for sure. It's, it's uh, the grow with Google program um, was previously the get your business online program. And then they, you know, as, as Google is, is prone to do, they're continually evolving things. Mm -hmm. And uh, as their ideas improve, they're not shy about changing and yeah. advancing. So um, Grow with Google was started kind of as a way to give back to the community. And explicitly, we discovered that, you know, the the Google My Business um, profiles, you know, those things, if you search for your business, your business will show up on the right side in this knowledge pane. Mm -hmm. And or if you're just searching on Google Maps, you know, the restaurants have their menus up and you can see pictures and you, know, you can look at ratings and reviews. That's all through a tool called Google My Business. Still, yep. to this day, like 12 years after they created the program, 80% of all business profiles are still unclaimed. Really? That's why they did this. So a big part of what I do is just showing people how to use Google's free products and services to grow their businesses. Yeah. And it's it's super fun. And I, I do really love it. The last live event I did was in Anchorage. And, uh, you know, I get, I get to go all over the place, but this new COVID world, I did an event in Anchorage a couple of weeks ago. And then, um, an hour later I did one in new Orleans. So that's yeah. possible in, in, uh, non, um, virtual ways, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a neat program. And so we show people how to use Google analytics. We show them how to do Google ads. We show them how to do SEO. And it was really fun. We got to go to, HQ and have actual leads of the SEO team of the algorithm teams. Wow. Tell us what you need to know about optimizing and ranking on the web. That's and really cool. The, one of the things working for Google in this is you learn as much what you can't say as what you can. Yeah. Because right? you have to be very careful to represent to businesses. Here's what to do without overstating or overstepping. One of the biggest things that we all experience in our business owner lives is we're all we're all getting calls from people saying, you know, we'll get you to the top ranking on Google and just click here and do this. Or you get the robo calls that saying your business listing is not optimized. Yeah. And that's all baloney. Yeah. And so I'm kind of a. 
helper for Google to get out and share with the people that matter, small businesses that are growing, that are starting up on how to really get to that space on how to I'm, use it. I, yeah. I'm glad you bring that up because that's a, that's a hot topic with me. Man. Mm-hmm. I get, and I probably get one a week where somebody is emailing me saying, listen, yeah. I can get you to the top of Google. And as you said it, Jeffrey Graham says it all the time. I know it's true. It's like, that's bullshit. It just yeah. is. And, and, totally. uh, and it, even if they could, it's not going to last. And it's not because of right. just because what you said is Google wants to put the most useful information for the people searching for what you're talking about. Right. And that's if, if you concentrate on that. Yes, there's the technical aspects on mm-hmm. aspects of that. Right. But I always when I'm talking to people, I say, that's what you have to do. The technical part of it, I don't understand. But if you can, you know, your target market, the things that they're searching for, if you can provide them video and text and whatever, audio, whatever it be, the best Mm -hmm. stuff written, just whatever you can about that topic to help them educate themselves and make a decision, you're probably 90% of the way down the road. Right. Because what what is Google? It's a matchmaker between knowledge and mm. the people that are searching for it, right? If Google, if you searched for something, if you Googled it and it returned a crappy result, you're not going to use Google again, right? Yeah. So that's why there's 200 signals, in, more than 200 signals in Google's algorithm, like recency and location, proximity, relevance, popularity, um, authority, all of that stuff. And having all of those things, you know, it's it's kind of a big mishmash, but it all really comes down to just be useful to your audience. Yeah. If you don't have anything on your website, it's real hard for Google to understand what's on that website and why people should recommend you or why it should recommend you. Yeah. And so just playing that matchmaker and helping Google, helping helping your wingman Google set you up on that next date with your customer is incredibly helpful. You know, give them the give them the right lines, the right pickup lines. That they can say, have you met your business? And yeah. Go, right. Yeah. Great. That's great. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize there's 200 signals too in the algorithm. I yeah. obviously don't yeah. take take and much time to study that, but it's it's yeah. interesting. It's always changing. And you know, the the companies that guarantee page one results, there's a trick to that. Right now, if you Google purple monkey dinosaur those three words, purple monkey dinosaur, you're going to see the absolute top result is a busy web post about the uselessness of page one, rank one results. Because you can create any random long tail weird keyword. And if that's your metric, you can have a you know less than reputable SEO company saying, well, you owe us the money now because we got you to page one for purple monkey dinosaur. Yeah. Well, yeah but is that going to drive business for my B2B manufacturing company no it's not going to do anything so you know if you find things where there's not a lot of competition that's great unless it actually drives business to you it's worthless yeah yeah that's exactly right it's a great point and i also i also think and i'll digress for just a second you know a lot of people get too focused on too high of level, I should say too broad of level, a keyword too. You right. know, I'm right. an, I'm an injection molder or I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a machining company. I, well, I want to be, right. be rated for being a, a CNC machining company. It's like right. CNC machining. It's like, all right, that, that you just, 
you yeah. just described it, a gazillion companies. Right. Too and, broad is is like branding, and Coca Cola can afford to do branding because they have a billion dollars to spend on their, yeah. you know, on, on their stuff. But for small businesses, what you need to be is very applicable to the source of the search. You need to be directly related. It's not injection mold manufacturer. It's the specific application that you serve. And that comes with a little bit of soul searching. You need to identify what I call market personas, marketing personas or sales mm -hmm. personas. And you just need to come up with who are your five absolute favorite customers that you wish you could come back to again and again, and just kind of generalize them. You know, take your five and mush them together into a big bucket and say, you know, in general, they're really interested in this product. And in general, this is success for them. How do I make that person look good to their boss? And probably yeah. most importantly, what are they going to Google before they know my name in order to find me? Yeah. So yeah, I, it's, it's easy. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I, lo I love listening to <laughs> someone like you that's got the knowledge that you do because you do make it sound easy in it. And when you can, when you can boil down all the stuff that's behind it into the simple stuff that you're talking about, it's awesome because right. then as a business owner, I can understand what I need to do. Right. And really what we're trying to do as business owners is just give people the information they're looking for. Yeah. Our, our target is looking for. Mm -hmm. So if we know that and we can work on that, and then someone like, you know, a company like yours can help us get it in the right format, get right. it on the right places and do what we need to do and get it out to the world. Then the people will find you. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it, it is that matchmaking part of it that is uh -huh. so difficult for people and people right. uh, unfortunately spend a ton of money on unscrupulous people or people that just don't know. I mean, I can't tell you, especially in the manufacturing and I don't know why it is in manufacturing, but manufacturers are used to spending more money for a lot of things. Right. Mm -hmm. So they'll uh, it's, I go in and we'll see, I was just talking with someone the other day that they had been in a business where they were getting charged $5,000 a month for pay-per-click advertising. Mm -hmm. They couldn't even look at the account. They couldn't even, they, and, and right. they were getting no results from it other than clicks. Right. Yeah. Or they you're getting uh -huh. charging for the clicks. Or so they and, said, Clicks. So they said, exactly, because yeah. you can't see the account. You can't see where the clicks came from. You can't see this. Right. And and I just am, am floored that day in and day out, you find that there are, it's hard, it, I not floored. I should back up. It's hard for business owners to really tell, am I, am I talking to somebody that's reputable? Right. Or am I talking to somebody that can sell really well? Right. Yeah. And and the 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 thing that I really like about more full service places like what you you do is that you're not in there going, okay, it's a PPC problem because that's what we do right. or it's a it's an SEO problem because that's what we do. I mean, right. the business owners can't afford that approach because they aren't Coca-Cola and they and they can't, you know, it's not a one trick pony. It's it's like you have to have a bunch of things working right, right. to get your digital real estate out there looking right and able to be found. And even more important than just looking right is probably to speak directly to the customer. 
right? I, I, when, when I have my first meetings with my clients, I usually come up and, you know, a, a busy web client is a manufacturing client, B2B, they have long tail, or it takes a long time in order to make a sale because there's yep. a lot of research that goes into trusting that half million dollar order, right? So in order to engage with that person, you can't talk about yourself all the time. If your website says, we've been in business for 35 years, <laughs> we are the preeminent source of widgets and manufacturing in the world, you know, that's, you know, it's, it doesn't help anybody. Right? Yeah. If I say, yeah. I help you solve your problem, I help um, people that need injection molding plastics to get exactly the right tool at the exact right price, under budget, on time, with top quality, that's what they're looking for. Right? Yeah. So you need to speak to that client and what they care about in order to get them there. Uh, Ira's here. Hey, Ira. Yeah. 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 Ira with us today. Hello. I talked to Ira this morning as well. So that's awesome. We had a, we had a little event this morning. It went pretty well. So uh -huh. pretty, pretty good day so far on that, but yeah. you're exactly right. It is, it is, it is really interesting about how you speak to that and, and everything moves back to it starts with really the five favorite customers that you talked about yeah and the weird thing is is that we didn't have to think about that 30 40 years ago when we were right. selling mm -hmm. we we didn't have to as much nearly as much as we do now because mm -hmm. we would have a conversation like this setting across the table and we would right. talk and we would understand and, and just figure out if it's, if it's worth us talking any further, mm -hmm. but now the buyers, and, and this is, I was telling somebody this morning, it was like buyers, anybody that grew up in Google and I, I might not be, can, I'm glad mm -hmm. I can talk to you about this because mm -hmm. you can set me straight. Mm -hmm. Anybody that grew up in the time of Google when they were 13, 14 years and Google was around, right? Mm -hmm. Years old and Google was around. They've grown up being used to find what they want right rather than what they want coming to them mm -hmm. now when i was young the salespeople had to come to you right. you might might have found it in a phone book might have mm -hmm. mm -hmm. not a lot of times but usually you found it through people you knew manufacturers directory whatever you're looking for but it was not the buyers were not doing nearly as much research. There was not expecting nearly as to be nearly as far down the sales process. They were meeting right. just to figure out who you were. Yeah. And now they want to be down there to where they go. I know who Damon is. I know their company. I see that they do similar things to what I'm looking for. Now, maybe I should talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating process as you look at it. And really the, in, you know, and I grew up in a sim, in a similar area, you know, when you, in the early nineties, when I, when I was just cutting my teeth, um, that was 30 years ago, Damon. <laughs> I, know, um, I, I just go, Oh God. As, as we go, as we go through this, you know, manufacturers in particular, why did they start their businesses? They identified a need and they figured out a way to fill that need. Well, anybody that needed that need, all you had to do was find that person and your salesperson would call them. Yeah. But now the balance of power has shifted to the searcher, to the customer, because the entire world is out there. You've got China that you're competing with. You've got yeah. multinational audiences. You've got somebody that maybe is doing much smaller batches or in a different way, but just happens to be marketing better. 
but then yep. all of a sudden they're eating your lunch. So how do you figure or how do you battle that? Well, it's by being as useful as possible to those people by identifying what their true needs are and then getting them into a considered process in B2B sales, especially in like bigger sales in B2B sales, on average, people will click 80 links before they ever call or contact a business. Woo. That's a lot. It's a lot of research. And oh. so you're just you're just part of that that group. And, and luckily now you can Google for it, you can search for it, you can drop, you can drill through and ask for recommendations or whatever. But the power is in the hands of whoever can make that knowledge most readily available. Yeah. And that's good news and bad news. You know, it's great news for small businesses. You know, I explicitly target sub hundred million dollar businesses because generally they can be very dynamic in where they're trying to engage and they can kind yeah. of get into whatever hole in the market you can find. And at the same breath, you know, they don't have entire marketing teams or yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars to dedicate to marketing because they're just trying to fill that need that they identified before. So for about the price of a hire, I come in at that, let's say five or $10,000 a month mm -hmm. and I'm actually driving leads to get them into a process. And, you know, we talk about, you know, it's the funnel versus the flywheel, right? Yeah. In a funnel, people, you just, you just kind of go out. It's like sitting on the street corner with the bullhorn yelling at everybody walking by saying, Hey, come in, buy my crap, buy my crap. I, you, you don't need me, but come on in. And so you hope that a few people will fall into that funnel and then a few more will be qualified and then a few more will become customers. But if you have a funnel, what happens when you dump water in the top? It just shoots out the bottom and it's gone, right? Mm -hmm. So what I like to say to my customers, to the folks that I'm working with, is you need to kind of think of your marketing as a flywheel. Everything that you do should not only be attracting, engaging, and converting those customers, but you should also be awesome enough that your customers are going to recommend you or refer you or rank you well so that you get better rankings on Google so that you get that mass of a flywheel to start turning for you. And all of a sudden yeah. customers are proactively pushing you and it's a self-perpetuating virtuous circle instead of just treating your customers like, well, we sold one to them. That sucker's done. You know, people are 10 times more likely to buy from you again than they are to buy from you the very first time. Wow. So if you can engage with them and keep re-engaging and delighting them and showing them, this is what we do. And by the way, here's another application that we can help you. And here's something else that we can do for you or refer someone to us and we'll make it worth your while. Yeah. That's where the real power and the magic comes in. That's what Amazon did, right? They figured out how to lower prices by getting scale and that's their flywheel. Right. So they, they turn this thing. So, you know, there, it's almost impossible to compete with mm -hmm. Amazon if you're a big box retailer, right? Yeah. So like Macy's and Sears, you know, they're, they're actually all cleared out and now they're becoming distribution warehouses for Amazon. Yeah. So that yeah, is crazy. Speaking of the power of the flywheel. Yeah. Well, and you, it, it's, you make we are talking about things. You hit so many things in there. People were listening to this, right? Because yeah. 
you know, um, Andrew, Andrew Deutsch, a friend of mine, talks about creating that voracious advocate for you. And what you right. did is you just said that you connected the dots at the end of that where it could have stopped at the sale. And, yeah, they're happy with everything we don't do. But if you make them or, or like Don Williams says, you want to wow your customers. Right you know, put that extra in there, yep. they're going to be become that advocate for your brand. But what you said is so that came after that. It's so awesome because they're 10 times more likely to rebuy from you, which mm -hmm. is crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I think to a time that, that we were helping a, a several years ago, we were helping an e-commerce company and they had been growing fast and we started going, they were growing faster. And we were sitting there and we looked at the customer service department. And there were like, I forget at the time, there were like six or eight people that were in customer service. Mm -hmm. And we were like, how many sales actually happened from our customer service people? And it was almost negligible. Right. And we figured out how to train and how to show them how to upsell based on the popular products that people were buying. Right. So if you bought, <laughs> if, if, if I bought a, you know, a microphone, that I might want to buy some headphones. I might want to have a slick cable. Right. I might want to cover whatever it is to just mm -hmm. kind of give them helpful things along with it. Right. In the course of a year, they were selling several million dollars this way. And, and, this, and, and by doing that, they were making the customers happier mm -hmm. because they didn't get a product then go, Oh, I need, I need my wind cover for my microphone or I need my cable or whatever. They, they made sure that people were happy with what they got and increasing their sales. Right. And, and just keep doing those kind of things that you're talking about and the wide reaching effect of it is crazy. And that all comes back to knowing your customer, right? Yeah. They didn't, they didn't know that if they didn't know that customer and think about, well, they just bought headphones. Yeah. Just buy microphones like, well, but the person, if they're buying a head, if they're buying headphones and they're buying a studio, a studio quality microphone, they're probably podcasters. So what else do they need? Right. Yes. And so as manufacturers, we um, busy web uses a process called inbound marketing to mm -hmm. drive our customers and to help drive the leads from like marketing qualified leads to sales qualified leads to close deals through that process. But what we try to do is think of all of the ways, all of the assets that we can use to engage that specific need for that customer. Mm -hmm. So my, my product does X, you know, I, I'm working with a client right now that does carbide coatings, right? So sharpening, um, hardened tools, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff, right? So what, it, what does that kind of customer need? Well, they specifically need that tool, sure, but and this this is kind of where it's fun. You know, the the old adage: people that are buying drill bits aren't buying drill bits, right? What are they buying, Damon? The hole holes. But <laughs> even more than that, what are they really buying? They're buying the fix to whatever's broken. Yeah. Right. So they're trying to hang a picture on the wall, or they're trying to you know make some sort of fit. So if you're solving a specific problem and you identify that problem in your marketing then you can ask that person in trade for that high value piece of knowledge to give you one little itty bitty thing, your email address. Yeah. And then based on what you do, I can give you more of what you're asking for based on what your activity is, what your, what your inter interaction is with me. So if I send you an email and it has 
choose A, choose B. It's almost like the matrix, right? The red, yeah. pill, the red pill, the blue pill. Um, if you choose the right way, I'm going to give you more of what you're asking for. So if you're looking at sharpening materials, I'm going to give you a resource on how to get the right sharpening um, tolerances for your mm -hmm. particular application. Or if you're looking for hardened tools, I'm going to give you the hardened tools track. Or if you don't respond at all to that message after I send it to you, well, I swung too hard. I whiffed it. So now I have to take a step back and maybe just say, okay, well, here are some common things that our customers are looking for. So you lose a lot less momentum in the sales cycle by just being super helpful and making it like a choose your own adventure book, right? Back from, back from when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. The Encyclopedia Brown books and they go through and it's like, you know, does he open the door or not? Well, yeah, of course. So, you know, based on what that is, I'm being the encyclopedic resource for that customer. If I've mm -hmm. just solved the knowledge need for my customer, who are they going to think of when it's time to actually do business? Yeah. I've already gotten there. So it's yeah. super, super fun. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and it, just the changes in buying that we talked about earlier mm -hmm. and the need to be so, so much more focused on your actual customer needs and providing that useful information to them throughout the whole process. I mean, throughout the whole process, like you said, if you, if you go too fast and you say, Hey, buy my junk, Right. Uh, buy my product. It's great. And they're not ready yet or they're not to the right point. It's just going to go. Yep. You got to start over again, like you said. Yep. And it and it is such a fine dance that we have to do now because and I hadn't heard it said like this before. Uh, you know, the power has switched to the buyer or the right. balance of power has switched mm -hmm. to the buyer, mm -hmm. which is really, really interesting when you think about it from that perspective. But it is, it is just, it, it's so complex and simple, Yeah, but very hard to do. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? I, what was it? Um, oh gosh, Jim Rohn said, you know, it's easy to do, but it's real easy not to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, if you, if you just look at what are the things that you can do for your ideal customer, how can you make their lives easier? And how can you trade their information and help? And not not so that you can spam them, by the way, but yeah, so that yeah. you can continue to help them in a more thoughtful way. That's that's the power of modern marketing. Yeah. And you're right. You're right. It's not, you don't want to create that relationship to be able to send them 10 emails without them responding or, right. or, or unsubscribing. <laughs> mm -hmm. You want them to get those 10 emails and go, wow, that's, I learned something today. Right. And I, and I did. God, it just keeps bringing up your, your, it keeps bringing up so many things. We, we use this at, at that similar e-commerce company I was talking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. One of the things that happened is, is we would get a uh, huge email list, huge yeah. email list. And it was a, a B2C deal. So mm -hmm. um, what happened though, is you, we started to lose effectivity with the email campaigns. But what we changed is we started to just do informational emails that had, you know, really good relevant information on it. And it was amazing how that that brought things back into fold. And as we then focused on that and just made it about that. And yes, you, you showed products, too. And that was later. But you give a lot of good information. It really made a, a whole different whole different yeah. game. Well, and, and as soon as you start being really thoughtful about what you deliver. 
and pay attention to the results. And this is where having a good CRM, I use HubSpot for all of my tools, or yeah. for all of my clients, having a tool that can let you measure the effectiveness of your campaigns can be incredibly effective in identifying what's working and what's not. Yeah. You just, you just talked about an email marketing campaign. There's two kinds of email results, right? So either you have, when you send out an email, either you get a dud, nobody opens it, nobody, nobody clicks through it. So there's actually three. Um, but the second one is a lot of people open that email, but they don't click through. So if yeah. you have a high open rate and a low click through rate, what did you do? You identified a need in your sales pitch, in your subject line, but then you didn't meet that need in the content. So you have low quality content that's just not converting. It could be as simple as not having a clear call to action, a big button on the website mm -hmm. that says, now do this, right? But the flip side, if you have a low open rate and a high click-through rate, you've just identified a target market. Ah. So these are people that are engaged in that particular thing. And so what you should do is take every person that clicked on that message and set them aside and give them more of what they just asked for. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a niche, right? So, yeah. you know, going, going through, but you won't know that unless you're actually measuring. If you're not measuring, you're not marketing. You know, I like to say that a lot too. That's, that's true. It is. It's such a data the, the whole doing business online, mm -hmm. the data intensity is crazy. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. If you, and, and that's, marketing is just the tip of the iceberg in that too. Yeah. It's, and it's a big piece of it, mm -hmm. but there, I had, uh, Kevin Williams on talking about this and he was talking about the privacy and that iOS updates and how that's, mm -hmm. there's just a, there's a tsunami coming that a lot of people yeah. don't really realize what's happening. But yeah. one of the things he was talking about, and it gets, it gets so far off in the weeds that I don't even know where we're at anymore. As you're <laughs> talking about, you know, the systems that they're creating now to measure these kind of actions and the way that people are moving in the B2C world, um, independent of Google, independent of Facebook, independent of everything else, mm -hmm. because we have these companies now that are spending tens of millions of dollars every month on massive advertising across multiple right. platforms and multiple campaigns. And they, this data that they were, you know, came to rely on that's in Facebook and Google will be gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, this, the, the intensity of the, the data analysis behind marketing now is, is yeah. scary, honestly. It's, it's, it's scary and it's fascinating and it's exhilarating oh, yeah. and it's yeah. terrifying. If you Google SEO, there's like a hundred million results, if not more. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of signal to noise ratio in there, but yes. having great tools that you can use to tease out what you need. You know, that's where the money ball kind of stuff comes in, right? So mm -hmm. you're, you're looking and you're, and to take the, the big data and the numbers and to actually identify, these are the things that actually work. And that's always been the same, right? So yes. there's, there's yes. no new um, content in marketing. There's just new applications or new ways to slice it because the technology keeps getting better mm -hmm. to help us measure, right? I can look at the click-through rates on a message and know that that hit its target or that it was a dud. And so I can adjust that and I can go back for more. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, and this is, this is kind of getting, getting into old, old school stuff, but you, they say that you have to see a message seven times in order to have it really register. Well, yes and no, 
if if the message is low value to you, yes. If it's a Coca-Cola thing, I need to see Coke seven times before I think, you know, maybe I should get a Coke. But if I find the exact problem that I have solved inside of a bit of information, it might only take one click mm -hmm. because I've focused on the explicit needs of that person. If somebody comes up to you and says, hey, by the way, that thing that hurts, I can solve that for you right now. You're going to listen to them. Yeah. So that, that's that's what makes this stuff that we do so much fun. You know, I, I get to actually go in and we get to be just ninjas in coming in and just identifying here's exactly what the problem is and here's how to get you to that space where you're actively meeting your customers' needs and becoming yeah. that encyclopedic trusted resource. Yes. So, and, and it's an art. Sure. You have to, you have to write, you don't want to spam people. You don't want to overload them. It's just like being in a cocktail party. You know, that guy that's always droning on and on and on about stuff that nobody cares about, you know, their bird collection or whatever. I apologize to any bird collectors that, yeah. or, you know, whatever. And instead listening to what your customers are telling you, listening to what the people in that cocktail party are saying and engaging them in conversation. My daughter is 15. She's in volleyball and she's just starting to think about, well, maybe I'm going to start driving soon. And so she's starting to save up for a car. So I'm giving her 50 bucks for every book report she gives me on a business book. Wow. And the very first one that I'm giving her or that I gave her was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yep. Because <laughs> it's all about how to have a conversation and really get to some sort of a back and forth, a give and take where, you know, people love talking about themselves. But anybody that comes in and just says, me, 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 I, 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 and you're going to back away. And if not, just shove them right out the door. Yes. And so many people just, I call it lazy marketing, where it's just like, we do this crap, come buy our crap. And instead, just saying, you know, are you having problems with this? right? We can help you solve that. It's like, oh my goodness, I am having problems with the tolerances on my blah, 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 right? One of mm -hmm. our clients has the Bible of precision um, metal forming. And it's literally a book of for different types of metal, you know, carbides versus aluminum versus steel versus hardened steel, what the tolerances are on stamping tools and dies. And so in trade for that Bible of tolerances for engineers, which is their best target market yeah they ask for a little bit of information now the, here's the cool part it's a downloadable pdf i know what page they hang out on so they go over to the stamped aluminum page i'm going to give them more information about stamped aluminum mm -hmm. right so i'm not just spamming them on stuff saying hey buy my crap you know we also have hot dog holders no you know it's it's i'm giving them more of what they're looking for yeah and that is the way to cut through all of the noise that's the way to become your own purple monkey dinosaur and get right to the end result. And that's the way to close your flywheel because you're yeah. delighting people enough that they're saying, boy, Mary, this, this company really gets it. Or Bob, this company really understands and they solved my need. And by the way, they made it super easy to work with me. Yes. So it's so much fun. Oh yeah. I, I just love listening to you because you're, you're, a preaching to the choir, but I'm learning, I'm writing, I'm thinking because, <laughs> because it, it, because this is one of those things that if, if business owners, when I'm talking with business owners, 
you, me, everyone, everyone that's a business owner, right? We mm-hmm. know we, we've got this knowledge in our head that we don't think it's valuable to the world because it's just, it, it's like, it's like driving a car, right? Driving a car isn't learning how to drive a car isn't really valuable to you and I anymore. We've been driving for a lot of years and doesn't matter. But to someone that's learning how to drive a car or in your situation where you're talking about with your clients, someone's trying to learn how to precision form aluminum. Right. That, that is, that is, might be their biggest problem in their career right now that they need to solve. Right. And those kind of things, getting those kind of things out, Mm -hmm. that seems common knowledge to me, but could be very valuable to my prospective clients is one of the things that you probably have spent a lot of time doing, just learning from them what, and, and helping draw that out. Yeah. With, with my customers, the very first thing that we do is we set up what we call a strategic game plan. And I could just go in and a lot of companies do just say, well, you know, you'd have to trust our special secret sauce and we're going to do all this SEO. We're not going to give you access to the reports, but we guarantee results. Just give us, you know, 50 grand a month and it'll all be good. Uh, The opposite side of that, we actually go in and we look at who are your best customers? what, What do they have in common? What problem do you solve for them? And then we identify here are the kinds of marketing that we're going to be able to use to engage this kind of person at this level in an organization, you know, are they a C-suite executive making the high level decisions just need the facts or are they a line level employee that literally they're, they're on the production line and they need to identify this problem and help fix this specific thing and have a very, mm-hmm. you know, unique widget that can fix that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's tremendous and giving them more of what they look, look for in that level is so easy once you really know who you're who you're connecting with and so we build a plan and we work on it together and i i give it to them and i say you know if you don't want to work with us after you're done with this plan that's fine you'll at least have an owner's manual for your marketing Mm -hmm. you know what you need to do now Mm -hmm. 99 times out of 100 people will just stick with us after we've given them that plan and then we start Right. And for yeah. us, it's about the cost of a hire. So if they were thinking about hiring somebody in marketing, that 10 grand a month they were going to spend, well, they can get an entire team plus yeah. buy on media for that same price. So I'm like 30% cheaper than hiring somebody to do the job. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and you've got, and you're doing it every day. It's not one mind that you get for that. That's the other thing that I think a lot of people, Yes, you can hire an employee. Yes, the cost may be similar, maybe a little less, a little more. It doesn't really matter. But you, but the the collaborative approach that you get because of the the technical expertise within the business that's hiring you mm-hmm. and your team together is where right. the magic really happens. I I see it anyway when it when yeah. it happens. It's so. it's a it's it's a great collaborative conversation. Yeah. And yeah, it's really unless cool. you're unless you're proactively working with someone, you know, as as a marketer, unless I'm being very proactive, if if I were to set a course, you know, from New York to L.A., if I just set a course and I say, OK, well, I'm going to go 13 degrees west, northwest and I'm going to get to New York. If I don't course correct along the way, I'm probably going to wind up in North Carolina instead of New York City. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one, one half of one degree off is going to be like 700 miles off. Yes. So I'm constantly course correcting with my customers to say, you know, that SEO campaign did not deliver what we thought. So Mm -hmm. we really need to take a step back and think, okay, well, what else is part of that buyer's journey 
that engagement process? And what other tactics can we use? Maybe it's more LinkedIn. Maybe it's YouTube videos. You know, maybe it's coming up with a different engagement strategy, like sending them out notes. I mean, heaven help us. There's so many folks. And I, we actually have in, in some of our groups, people that are doing hard goods, um, premium products. Amazing opportunity right now because nobody's doing anything physical. Yeah. So how else are you going to stand out? So, you know, hat tip to Sarah Scooter. Um, yeah. They do so much cool stuff. Um, it's, it's just a huge opportunity. Yeah, no doubt. No, figure it out. No doubt. Well, Gail, Gail left us a nice comment. She said it's reinforcements important. She said you're explaining it well, and I'm asking good questions. So hey, thanks a lot, Gail. This is thanks, easy. This is thanks, thanks a lot, Gail. Uh, Gail I, I, yeah, thank you. Before too. So, um, yeah, I think for for us and for you know the manufacturing industry, which is where we both tend tend to uh, provide content. Um, or, you know, just help. It, it's not rocket science, unless you're in rocket science and then yeah. you, you still talk. But um, it's it's really about finding that need and helping people be successful in what they need, right? So if you can help enough people, you're going to be successful. And the cool part about the social networking, you know, all the LinkedIn stuff, all of the SEO and Google and digital and period the more content you put out there in the world, the more likely you are to be found for that master matchmaker, Google. Yes. Yes. It, you know, I said, here, it's, I just get, I get tongue tied almost because <laughs> I think about how important it is to, to understand your customer throughout this whole thing. And mm -hmm. it just gets more and more important because of that, that shift in power. And I, it just fascinates me, it fascinates me, it fascinates me. And, and it just reinforces the fact that if you're doing nothing else as a business owner, just understanding your customers better, not, not if you're doing any marketing at all, just work with you, you, your salespeople, anybody right. that's interacting with your customer to understand your customer's problems better right. and uh, just so you can solve them. And shocker, if you ask people, they'll tell you. Yeah. Right. So grab yes. your best customer, take them out for a beer or you know, have virtual Zoom coffee or something and just say, why'd you buy from us? Or why do you keep buying from us? And they're going to tell you some fascinating things. Some things you're not going to want to hear like, well, you were just there or whatever, but some things are going to be absolute gold. It's like you solved this particular problem. That should be your next blog post. Here's how we solved this problem for a customer. Yeah. Because there's going to be a thousand other people out there that have that problem. And don't forget to just to not say, you know, we've been in manufacturing for 38 years and instead say, we help this particular person with this particular problem. And here's how we do it. Yes. How exciting is that? Right? Yeah. Like you get me, let's go. Right? Yeah. That's, that's so much easier. Yeah. And you connect with the right people. Yeah. And it all comes from just asking. Yeah. But, you know, it's unless you have tools to do that or an agency or somebody from yeah. outside, you know, it, it's sometimes hard for us. Everybody mm -hmm. suffer, suffers from the cobbler's kid syndrome where you mm -hmm. know, you're great at what we do. And we're so busy doing it that a lot of times we don't get a chance to do the important things. Yes. And that's where having an outside agency can help and really mm -hmm. give you the extra leverage because we can just ask those dumb questions that you've answered so many times. It's it's like driving home from work. Right. Like, what about that, that, uh, that duck on the side of the road that's always there? 
Like, oh, I never even saw that duck. Well, the duck is what about that need that your customers keep telling you about and that you've just solved? Mm-hmm. Like, Whoa, oh yeah, we should probably highlight that on our website because I guarantee that's what people are searching for. Yeah. Yep. That's for sure. And that's that's what that's what you know the good marketing people will understand and uncover and help people to talk about because they it is too familiar, it's too close to what they do every single minute of every single day. Yeah. So like good we, stuff. Yeah, good we stuff. live it. So, yeah, you live it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And for, for a lot of us also, marketing speak is really hard. You know, it's it's hard to send out a message for a lot of business owners that's too relevant to their customers. And if you do an SEO optimized blog post, it sounds really weird because you have to use those keywords three or four times and you have to include calls to action. And it's almost like a commercial for your business mm-hmm. as far as Google's concerned, but it has to be conversational as well. So there's definitely an art and that's why I do what I do because we, we really help people find that natural balance between I have a need I'm searching for that need. Oh, this company absolutely has it. And then we can take them one step further and actually help automate all of that and make it into the choose your own adventure so that it's just a good conversation. It's the difference between the old school um, guys that are that are selling cars on, on the side of the road with the you know wavy thing or the gorilla on the roof. Yeah. And you know, that kind of a salesperson versus someone that goes in and has a consultative conversation with you. They say, you know, what if you did this, would it help you to get to where you're going better? And having that problem solving approach really makes a tremendous difference in the effectiveness of your marketing. So Mm -hmm. we always try to find as many ways as possible for us to solve the problems of our customers. And if we can do that, that's going to get us the results that we're looking for. Yep. Yep. Because in the end, you have to have the results. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. Well, Dave, it's been great talking to yeah, you. And you, man, I learned so much. And it's just, uh, it, it's, it's so good to be able to talk with someone with your knowledge and experience in this. And, and then just to understand your perspective on it. And, and just drives home again. Understand that customer. Give them information that's useful. Yep. And you can go from there. Keep it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really not rocket science, but it's hard to do the things that are easy not to do. That is for sure. So if people want to get a hold of you, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, my website is busyweb.com, B-I-Z-Z-Y-W-E-B. And uh, everything is there. But, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, all of those, all of those things are out there, but really, I, I really love just connecting with people and having engagements. And you know, I do, um, events, uh, twice a month at busyweb.com slash events. And it's stuff just like these conversations. As a matter of fact, nice. David, we should probably talk about that because I'd love to have you on as a guest on my show. Well, we can do that. Perfect. We can do that. Perfect. It'd be awesome. Well, I just wanted to thank you again, Dave, for stopping by today, Dave, Meyer, busy web. I almost had a brain fire in your last name there. And sorry about that. I, I, I get nervous in that point. It's like, oh no, but, right, right. but yeah, I know you just want to make sure it's, you do it right. But Dave Meyer, busy web out of the wonderful Minnesota, your North yeah. and North and West, I believe of, of yeah. the city a little bit out yeah. there in, in the, the pretty part. Yeah. And, uh, 
wonderful having you here today. Thanks Thank so much you, for stopping by the Faces of Business. For sure, for sure. We'd love to chat with folks and we help our clients generate buzz without getting stung. There's, there my, old, there's my old cheeky tagline. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, everyone, thanks once again for stopping by. I actually have Chuck Coxhead here on Thursday talking about how you can re- configure, restructure your operation to really take over a market opportunity and or solve a market problem. I'm so passionate about this. I've had the opportunity to do it a couple of times in manufacturing companies and Chuck did it in a different way, which I'm really excited about. So we'll be back here at Thursday, the same time and talking with some more great people. Dave, thanks so much. Thanks everyone Dave. listening. We're going to have a great day. Take care, everybody.